I'm David Porter, author of Five Minutes to Live. Just a few things to note about the podcast. First, if you want to purchase Five Minutes to Live, the link is in the description of the podcast, but can be purchased online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and even at Walmart and Target online. I've also listed my Facebook and Twitter links. I'd love to hear from you, especially if you're enjoying the book. In this series, we're going to read through Five Minutes to Live, chapter by chapter, releasing a new chapter each week. If you didn't start with Episode 1, the prologue, please go back and start there. Please subscribe and hit the alert notification, whatever that looks like on your preferred podcast platform. That way you'll know when the new episodes are released. And if you're enjoying this journey, please, please, please share this podcast with your friends and family. Five Minutes to Live has a lot of footnotes for the research done and the Bible verses quoted. I'll post those footnotes in the description of each episode. Finally, I've got a new book on the way titled 60 Seconds of Silence that I am really excited about. Once that book is available, I'll go back and post that link in each episode's description as well. With that, thank you for being here. Let's get started. Thank you guys for coming back. We're in chapter 16 now this week. In this chapter, Matt reads a newspaper article. That article is an actual article. I've put the link to it in the podcast description. It's really from the Jerusalem Post, but I wanted you guys to know that I didn't make this up. All of the science, all of the sources, they're all listed. Check them out. It's really some interesting stuff. With that, let's get into it. Chapter 16. The next morning, I awoke refreshed. I was famished, but I was alive and invigorated. I peeled back the covers and checked the time. It was 6.30 a.m., and my head and my heart were ready for what today held. I jumped in the shower again to knock off the sleep and did my best to brush my teeth with only water. I peeled the mattress back and pulled my jeans out. There weren't many wrinkles, that's for sure, but there were a few deep creases. Not much I could do about it now, and hopefully just wearing the pants would work some of them out. I put my day-old clothes back on, my shirt being a little stiff from the air dry, and I worked on my hair, running my fingers through it, trying to make it look halfway respectable. My stomach growled, reminding me it was past time for another meal. Maybe there would be a place to get some food as I walked to Moho Magnetic Machines. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it, I said as I was gathering my belongings and finished the thought with, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I walked down the stairs of the now quiet hotel and into the lobby. The greasy woman had been replaced by a balding man with a thinning mustache who looked much too young to be losing his hair. He was wearing a black tank top, smoking a cigarette, and watching the same TV the woman had been watching last night. I guess this kind of lifestyle doesn't lead to the healthiest of outcomes. I handed him the key and left. He barely noticed me, and neither of us spoke a word. I pulled out my hand-drawn map, checked some street names, and decided that the direction I needed to go was on a diagonal from where I was standing. Instead of walking to the end of the block and turning right, I decided to cut through the hotel parking lot and make my way diagonally through the city block. 
The entrance to the hotel wasn't exactly in the center of the building, so I decided to walk to the shorter edge and turn left into the parking lot. That meant that I would eventually walk most of the distance around the hotel on the back side. I walked the length of the side of the building and rounded the corner into the back of the hotel, and that's when I saw it. Parked in a semi-hidden spot behind the dumpster was a small, silver-colored SUV with the driver's side window gone. In the daylight, it was easier to see what color the SUV was and that the window had been torn away roughly and quickly. It was unmistakable. This was Aaron's, uh, Omar's, stolen SUV. What do I even call this guy? Until further notice, he's Omar. Omar, Omar, Omar. How in the world did Omar find me? It's impossible. I was so careful. Did he track Jessica's cell phone? It wasn't turned on that long. There's no way he could have traced it, could he? How is he here? Wait, isn't his face smashed in? I cautiously approached the little SUV in case Omar was sleeping in the vehicle. I put my hand on the gun, which I had tucked inside my belt like I had seen him do. When I got to the SUV, it was empty and obviously unlocked. I had a destination, a map, and now I had transportation. It was turning out to be a surprisingly good morning. I sat down in the driver's seat and reached under the steering column to find the exposed wires. I had seen Omar do this. Maybe I could do it too. It took me a while, but after a couple of minutes, I found the correct wires and, and had sparked the engine. I was on my way. I followed my hand-drawn map, only making a couple of wrong turns, and found Moho magnetic machines within an hour. Because of my excitement with hijacking the little SUV, I completely forgot to find a place for food. It was approaching 8 a.m. as the logo on the sign appeared in the parking lot. I drove past the building just in case anyone was waiting for me, then went to the next block and turned away from Moho Magnetic Machines. I went another block, turned right, and found a place that was partially obstructed from view. I pulled the small SUV into a parking spot so that the driver's window was parallel and partially hidden by a city trash can beside the street. It would take someone really paying attention to notice the window was gone. If anyone found it, if Omar somehow found it, or if the police found it, no one would know that I was at Moho Magnetic Machines several blocks away. I threaded my way back to the industrial building and cautiously approached the parking lot. After making sure no one was there, I found my way to the entrance. I walked up to the metal door, turned the knob and pulled, but it was locked and didn't move. There was a doorbell next to the door, and looking up, I noticed there was a security camera monitoring the entrance. I pushed the button to ring the bell and tried to look as innocent and non-threatening as possible. I waved at the camera. A moment later, I heard a metallic buzz as someone on the inside unlocked the door. I guess I wasn't quick enough, because by the time I reached the door, the buzzing had stopped and the door was locked again. I gave a sheepish grin to the camera, shrugged my shoulders as if to indicate... What can I say? And waited with my hand on the doorknob for it to buzz again. The second time around, I caught it and opened the unlocked door. I went into the building, 
feeling a little bit of safety at the thought that anyone who might be following me would have to be buzzed in. The door opened up into a hallway, and following it, I came to an opening with a young woman sitting behind a desk. Pardon me, um, a tom anglite? Do you speak English? I asked the woman. She nodded. Most people in Israel, at least in the city, speak English. In fact, we have a lot of people who live in Israel who are transplants from English-speaking countries like America, the young woman said in unaccented English. Is it that obvious? I asked, looking down at the nameplate on her desk and adding, Rachel? She laughed. We deal with a lot of Americans here. Most of them catch the door on the first buzz. She laughed again. And we have a lot of Americans who work here, too. What can I help you with today? Rachel was a pleasant young woman with a ready smile and a cheerful voice. She was probably closer to 30 than to 20, but she still seemed young and in love with life. She had the look of someone who had once been an exceptional beauty, but a desk job and a lack of exercise had added an extra 20 or 30 pounds. She had bangs cut across her forehead that came to rest just above brilliant green eyes. Her hair was jet black, cut short, falling just below her ears. I said, I'm not exactly sure. It's a really long story of how I ended up here, but I'm in Israel because of my friend, Dr. Jessica Adams. I don't want to alarm you or anything, but she's missing, and I'm looking for her. I went to her lab and spoke with her assistant, Nuria. Nuria told me that she works here sometimes. Is there anyone here who might know my friend who could give me some info that might help me find her? I barely had the words out of my mouth when the young woman, Rachel, with concern in her voice said, Oh no, she's missing? When? How? We love Dr. Adams here. Uh, Jessica is awesome. She's here all the time. Usually when she comes, she brings us something healthy like fruit to eat for breakfast or to snack on. I could tell by the slight blush that Rachel was a little self-conscious about her weight, and she quickly changed the subject. Oh, I'm rambling. Yes, yes, you'll want to talk with the project manager she works with. Hang on, I'll get him for you. With that, she picked up a phone and dialed a number. She looked me in the eye as the phone was connecting and motioned behind me and to my left. There was a counter with donuts and coffee. When I turned back to her, she mouthed, help yourself, and shrugged a, that's why I'm a little overweight, kind of shrug. A moment later, someone must have answered the phone because Rachel said, almost shouting in a slow, deliberate manner, hey, there's a man here, and turned to me asking, what'd you say your name is? Matt Davenport. Then back to the person on the phone, there's a Matt Davenport? A friend of Dr. Adams who is here. He says she is missing and he's looking for her. He wants to ask you some questions. Mind coming to help him? Silence for an extended period, longer than just a yes or no answer, while the person responded and then, Great, I'll let him know. She hung up the phone and said to me, he'll be down in a few minutes. He said they were right in the middle of a test, but it shouldn't take long. I nodded and threw a bite of donut. I said, 
I haven't eaten anything since breakfast yesterday. I've been working so hard, I haven't slowed down to eat. I'm starving. Rachel laughed and said, eat all the donuts, all of them. Whatever you don't eat are going to attach themselves directly to my hips, so please eat all of them. She didn't have to twist my arm too hard. I was famished. The coffee and donuts helped, and within minutes, I had eaten a half dozen or so. I asked Rachel, what do you guys do here? What is Moho Magnetic Machines? What does that, what does Moho even mean? Is that like a Hebrew word or something? Good guess, but not Hebrew. Moho is short for a man named Andrzej Mohorovich. How in the world do you know that? I asked. The fact that you remember the dude's name is pretty impressive. Yeah. It took me a while to learn how to pronounce that one, let alone remember it. When you're the receptionist at a company named after an important but pretty much unknown scientist, they require you to learn the basics about him. Anyway, this guy Moho was like the father of modern seismology, she replied. Okay, that answers the Moho question. What about the other one? What do you guys do here? Are you in the earthquake detection business? I asked. We do a lot of different things here, Rachel said as she went into an obviously pre-written, well-rehearsed answer. We research, develop, and test equipment for a number of different applications. But honestly, she said, whispering, I don't know what any of them are. I basically just answer the phones, buzz people in, and direct people's calls. We both laughed, and I grabbed another donut, powdered sugar, and started munching on it. My hunger was starting to pass, and the coffee was giving me a boost of energy. I was beginning to feel like my old self again, and I sat down on a small couch to wait. On the table beside the love seat, there was a copy of a recent newspaper, the Jerusalem Post. The date on the paper was July 11, 2018, and the front page headline was an article almost custom made for Moho Magnetic Machines. I started reading. When a major earthquake rippled through Jerusalem, Israel sits on the Syrian-African rift and has been experiencing large earthquakes every 80 to 100 years for centuries by Sarah Levi. Exactly 91 years ago, on July 11th, the last major earthquake struck the Holy Land. This past week, Israel's north has been experiencing a new round of tremors measuring up to 4.5 on the Richter scale. According to experts, it is only a matter of time before the next big one hits. This region has consistently experienced large-scale earthquakes every 80 to 100 years for centuries. Israel sits along the Syrian-African fault line, which runs along the border with Jordan, part of the Great Rift Valley that extends from northern Syria to Mozambique. Known as the 1927 Jericho earthquake, the 6.25 magnitude quake lasted approximately five seconds and rippled from its epicenter in the northern Dead Sea region to Jerusalem, Jericho, and Nablus, reaching Ramel, Lod, and Tiberias. The earthquake claimed 500 lives and injured an additional 700 people. It also caused massive structural damage throughout the region. This was also the last time an earthquake caused significant damage to Jerusalem. 
Over 130 people were killed and some 450 were injured. I heard a sound that drew my attention from the newspaper, a door softly squeaking open. Looking over the top of the paper, I took my final bite of powdered sugar donut as a short, older gentleman walked into the room. Is this my guy? Rachel pointed in my direction, confirming my suspicion. He walked over and said, Mr. Davenport? Yes, I said with a mouth full of donut, standing, trying to wipe powdered sugar from my fingertips and onto my jeans. The man extended his arm to shake hands with me and said with a smile, Hello, my name is Omar, Omar Abdul. It was all I could do to keep from spewing powdered donut all over him. End of chapter 16. If you're still here, thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed that reading. If you want to purchase 5 Minutes to Live, the link is in the description below, and you can find my Facebook and Twitter links there as well. Drop me a line. Please subscribe and hit the bell so you know when the next chapter is released. And if you're enjoying this, please share it with your friends and family. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.